The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. eat better, get healthy, and help animals. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. If you happen to be listening to the program live on Wednesday, this is not only Ash Wednesday, it's Random Acts of Kindness Day. So consider hashtagging that all over the place and doing some random act of kindness, but also remembering that just comprising your diet of foods from the plant kingdom is a great whopping random act of kindness to animals, the planet, your own body, and other people on your insurance plan. Hi, everybody. I'm Victoria Moran, host of the Main Street Vegan Program. And as ever, it is such a pleasure that you're with us today. I know there are lots of podcasts in this space these days, and the fact that you have made the choice to be with us really means a lot. So we're going to be devoting today to the very interesting work of Nelson Campbell Plant Pure Communities, the aftermath of his wonderful film, Plant Pure Nation, and also a business that has grown up around this incredible mission. So in the first half of of our show today, we're going to be talking with Nelson Campbell himself. And then in the second half, we'll be speaking with Leanna Levine Reisner, who heads up a plant-powered Metro New York, a really powerful pod in the uh, Plant Pure Communities Network. So Nelson needs no introduction. He's been on our program before, and you know him and his illustrious father, the uh, noted nutritionist, um, nutritional biochemist, uh, T. Colin Campbell. It is Nelson, however, who both wrote and directed the 2015 film Plant Pure Nation, which was released in theaters in over 100 cities, and you can watch it now on YouTube and Amazon Prime. The film looks at the political and economic factors that have suppressed information about the benefits of plant-based nutrition. But following the film's release, which is what is fascinating to me, is what 
has happened since. So Nelson launched the nonprofit Plant Peer Communities, which supports a network of local support and advocacy groups now involving over 250,000 people and brand new, the Plant Pure Foods and Education Business. Welcome, Nelson Campbell. Hi, Victoria. Thank you for having me on your show. It is my honor and pleasure, and my goodness, you have been busy. You were a film director, and, and now you're a, a mogul and a nonprofit head. Uh, where do you get the energy? Well, <laughs> sometimes I don't. Sometimes I run out of energy, so I don't. <laughs> I don't always have energy. But uh, oh, thank yeah, you for uh, being honest. Yeah, um, we have we have done a lot. Um, everything that we're doing has been focused on developing all of the elements of a strategy that I developed uh, some years ago prior to uh, the production of Plant Pure Nation. Um, in fact, I, I did the film to create a platform that we could stand on to better execute that vision. So we've just been steadily working away at, at the different elements of that strategy. And it's a strategy for contributing, I say contributing because there's so many things out there happening now, so many people are contributing to this, but but contributing to a grassroots movement to help build a plant-based world. So, you know, for, for us, we, we focused on a number of elements. Of course, we did the film. Um, we also have been working hard on food because food is a very important part of this, especially creating food that's affordable for people. You know, that's important. We need to make this accessible. Um, education. So we've done quite a bit of work in the, the education area. And then we also have created a new social action platform. We've only done a soft launch of it. But this is a platform that will enable local groups to uh, engage in their local communities to help share the message of plant-based nutrition utilizing the resources that we've created and resources that others contribute. And of course, all of this is, is going to be engaging our pod network, which our nonprofit plant peer community supports. Um, and so it's really all of those elements together that make up our strategy. So what's your goal? If you could look at the world 10 years from now, what will have changed? Well, you know, I, I of course, I always... Uh, hope that our public policies will change. And I do think that eventually they will, they will change. But I think to, to get those policies to change, we need to generate grassroots, uh, grassroots support for those changes. And so that's the part that I want to focus on is how do we empower uh, people at the local level? How do we empower our communities to begin sharing this message deeper into the mainstream. So, you know, I hope that in the next five to 10 years, I hope that we see a groundswell of people who, who you know, are actually working together in concert in an organized strategic way and resourced way to really make, uh, you know, faster progress in, in helping to build a plant-based world. And, you know, we are making progress and, and that's it's exciting to see some of the some of the things happening. But but man, we have a lot of work to do, because when you look out out there today, still 
it's a very small fraction of our population who are actually living plant-based. And, you know, we have so many problems connected to our health and now this pandemic, which is very much tied to nutrition, the environment and social justice concerns, you know, certain communities are suffering disproportionately. Um, there's just a lot of stuff wrapped up in this and, and, and we just need to make this happen faster. So, Nelson, I believe, unless you have moved, you are in a small town in the Carolinas. Is that still the case? Yes, uh, I, <laughs> I live way out in, in the woods. In fact, before this uh, interview, I had to run home and check on my chainsaw because we're supposed to get a really severe ice storm. Um, but, but live out in the country uh, outside of a small town west of Durham, about 30 minutes west of Durham. So I wanted to ask you about the kind of response you get from your neighbors, because there's a lot of critique out there in the world that this is some kind of elitist way to eat that is a lot of college towns and big city people with money to spare. So tell me what your neighbors say to you. Well, you know, um, that's one of the, the things that I wanted to uh, kind of examine and highlight in our film, Plant Pure Nation. Uh, as you know, Victoria, we have a story thread there where we um, we did a, an initial jumpstart, a 10-day immersion program in a, in a small town nearby, which is a town called Mebane. And at that time, particularly, no one had, you know, here had even thought of a plant-based diet. No one had heard of my father or the China study. But we showed, you know, how this idea, even, you know, at that point back in 2013, how that idea could go viral in a community, uh, community like Mebane. Um, and, and the reason that happened is because, uh, first of all, we, we provided some education. You know, people are responsive, people everywhere are responsive to education and learning. Um, we we provided great tasting food to support it. And then most of all, we communicated this with humility and in a way that that connected with people's core values. I think it's important when you talk to people that you talk with humility and you talk in a way that connects with the values that they hold dear. And so that's what we did here. And, you know, I I'm a huge optimist that People everywhere will will do this if you if you if you approach it that way. What um, kind of values did you talk about? Well, I mean, you know, for example, most people really like the idea of being um, sort of self-reliant and independent, you know, of the healthcare system, um, and and kind of being master of their own destiny. Um, people people like to take responsibility. They they want to take personal responsibility because that's actually key to, to gaining greater freedom in your life is taking responsibility for your life. Um, people um, care about the next generation. You know they care about the next generation. Um, and and a lot of people and more and more people of course care about our environment. You know the so so I think. Um, you know, you can connect to values like that. And, and, and then I think it's also just really important when you talk about this to be humble and not to be judgmental uh, with, with people. 
And what sort of response did you get? I'm remembering back to um, the last time I saw the film, and I guess the other times when I saw it too, some really beautiful, just almost one-liners from people about how their lives had changed. What was the basic kind of transformation you saw then? Well, you know, I see this, and of course we saw it, you know, back then and, and, and all the work that we've done since. Um, and you, you tend to see it especially in a more pronounced way when people go through an immersion experience where it all happens quickly. Um, you know, you see the light bulb go on and they realize, you know, they, they realize how much power they really have over their health and their life. And it's such a good feeling to people. You know, they get so, so enthusiastic and so positive and and it goes even beyond health. You know, I've, I, I see people who do this and all of a sudden they start wanting to exercise or maybe they open up to other ideas that they, you know, they, they just sort of open up to things. It's a very that, powerful experience. Yeah, that's so exciting. And so since the film, you've gone on and you're doing all of these other things. So catch us up to date. What's the latest with the Plant Pure communities? And then we want to talk about the food. Yeah, I am very excited about our nonprofit Plant Pure communities. And the primary function of the nonprofit is supporting our pod network and as you said at the introduction, we have over 250,000 people who are now involved in that network. And we, we've, you know, we've been continuously growing. We kind of leveled off here during the pandemic because people aren't meeting. But, you know, we've, we've sort of kept a level. But we expect that growth to really pick up again here in a few months. So I'm very excited about the pod network. Um, and then we have a company called Plant Pure. And I always say it's... Um, it's a socially conscious company because we're doing some some philanthropic things through Plant Pure. Uh, Plant Pure it has focused on the food, the education, and this new web-based social platform at OpenTribe.com that I mentioned earlier. Um, but we've made a couple commitments through Plant Pure that I'm excited about. One is uh, when we do have future profits, <laughs> or profits in the future, because we're not quite profitable yet. Um, we are, are going to share 50% of our profits with nonprofit organizations who are, you know, engaged with us in our grassroots movement strategy. Um, the other thing that we're going to do is we've created a new food line. Uh, it's a new meal starter line. Um, and these are products that you just add a wet ingredient, and then you can add fresher frozen produce and you can easily prepare a delicious meal. Um, these are really affordable products, even including the cost of the add-ins. The average cost is less than $3 per serving. And when we're supplying these products, we're selling these products into underserved communities, such as to people who are insured through Medicaid, for example, um, we're gonna waive 100% of our profit margin. Um, our goal is to, is to make it possible for people in, in these communities to be able to sit down and have a serving of wholesome plant-based, a whole food plant-based uh, meals for between a dollar to a dollar 50 a serving. Um, it's gonna take us a little while to drive it down to a dollar. We're gonna have to ramp up our production. 
but um, but that's a commitment that we're making through through Plant Pure because I, I just feel, you know, we have to make this accessible to people. I've I've been involved in this, and you have been involved in this, Victoria, for many years, and so you, you, what I'm going to say will resonate with you. But you know, I've I've watched you know back in the '90s and the early 2000s and up to the current day. It seems like so much of what happens in the community is is focused on what I oftentimes refer to as kind of the whole foods demographic, you know, the more the more affluent, quote, health conscious group. And I say quote because I think a lot of people care about their health, but the health conscious demographic and marketing consultants will tell you that if you want to be successful, that's what you have to focus on. And so you see a lot of high priced products and and, and, you know, eight, $8, $10, $12 for this, that, or the, you know, the other that you can order online and have delivered to your house. I, that's fine. I think that it's fine for, for us to, for people to engage in those kinds of businesses. But I think, you know, we can't do that to the exclusion of helping everyone else, and especially many of these forgotten communities. Um, we, we have to figure out how to get this information and, and, and these healthy foods to people everywhere, because we're not going to build a plant-based world if we only focus on the more affluent segments. Oh, that's so true. I think a lot of us have believed that for a long time. We've just had a hard time getting it into any segment, <laughs> so we'd take whoever showed up. But yeah. I think it's it's wonderful. It's got to be democratic. It's got to be all over the place. And I frankly think that if we could start to show enough people, how much better they'll feel, what's going to happen to their medical tests and, and their, their cholesterol and their weight and their, their, you know, diabetes numbers and all that kind of thing, that this just might be something that everybody could agree on. Makes sense yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Victoria, you're, you are right. And, you know, you just said something that's important. You know, we have to start uh, finding things that we can all be part of to bring us together. Um, you know, there's been a lot of division, it seems. Um, I think we need to come together. And and um, and I think that's one thing that's that's nice about, uh, you know, kind of a, a grassroots movement, you know, having a a strategy to to engage people everywhere and in, in a co in common purpose. And I think, you know, I think this cause could, could, you know, could, could do that. I think that too. And I think that all the things that, that seem to make it one more way to separate people, once we get past this idea, this is the kind of food that everybody used to eat, you know, not exclusively, but this is real food that everybody recognizes. You could talk to somebody in Mebane and somebody in Berkeley and you could say broccoli and they would know what you meant. So it's definitely a, uh, a place to start and you're doing such an amazing job of it. Now, I do want to ask you something about the food business because you're not just trying to make food that's vegan. Your standards are whole food plant-based. And I was talking with someone in the conventional food industry, and he said, we don't want to make people sick. The reason that we put in all of the salt and fat and sugar is that when you have foods that are packaged and dried and canned and frozen and, you know, have to sit on a shelf for a long time, 
it takes a lot away. So we put that stuff in that's not so healthy just so that it tastes good enough that people will eat it. But you're not going to put that stuff in. So what do you do to make it taste as good in the form that people will go in and buy in a store as if they were cooking themselves from scratch? Yeah, so uh, I, I would I would disagree <laughs> with what that person said because we, we have experience doing frozen entrees um, and, and various frozen products, also food service bags for the institutional market, and now these dry pack meal starter products. And, you know, you don't have to add in all of the oil and all of, you know, all of the junk that, that many of the companies do to create a wholesome product. It is possible. You just, you know, it's just, you just have to make it part of your business model. You have to set out to do it. And, uh, um, and, and it can be done. Now, there are some limitations, though, in the production process that, that you can't really get around. So when you do a frozen product, uh, some of the things that you might cook fresh in your home, you can't do frozen because the ice crystals do weird things to the food. Um, and even with our dry pack meal starter products, it's a very wholesome product line. But I'll just give you an, an example of a couple things because people have said, hey, what's this? And it's really nothing. But, you know, it requires a little explanation. So we have one product, for example, it's a raisin vinaigrette. Um, oil never shows up on the ingredient list of any of our products, except for the raisin vinaigrette is the last ingredient. Um, now, it's the, the thing is, though, it's not really added as an ingredient to add flavor or texture. Um, there's a trace minute amount that they had to utilize for the production process. And it's so it's so it's, it's in such a trace amount that uh, there, you know, there's no way it could have any kind of a measurable uh, biological impact. But still, you have to stick it on the label. And the same thing with the plant starch called maltodextrin, which they use in sports drinks. So they use that in you know, high performance. And it has the same effect as sugar. If you, if you, if you eat a lot of that stuff, you'll get, a, you'll get a glucose surge. Well, again, they had to um, use a trace, trace amount in, in these uh, certain powders uh, so that they go through the production equipment. And, you know, again, it's just it's something that had to go on the label, but it's not really utilized as an ingredient in the food. So there's, you know, so even in our case, you know, we have such high standards. There, there are some things that you, when you're producing food, that you just can't work around. Um, now, in our case, though, you know, I would argue that we don't have any of those noxious ingredients. You know, we don't have added oils. Um, everything is, is wholesome. And the... Um, but there are certain limitations when you're producing that you have to deal with. Well, it must be a whole education. I can't even imagine. You know, the food industry, it, it's its own specialty. It and, is. Yes. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah. Well, that that's so wonderful that you're kind of bringing it from your dad's wonderful work and in the laboratories and in the epidemiological studies. And now you're bringing it to the food. So I want to ask you about there. There are lots of companies out there making foods that are plant based, but not necessarily whole foods plant based. 
And my sense is we're going to need everybody if we expect to save this planet. So how does somebody coming from your point of view where the purity of, of the ingredients and, and sticking with the principles that your dad and others have brought forth, can you like have a peaceful coexistence with some of the more fast food items? Absolutely, Victoria. So I know that some people are going to uh, not going to be happy that I said that, but um, I think that we have to, you know, we always have to do the best that we can to share the message of whole food plant-based nutrition, but we also have to be careful not to be too extreme in our judgments and what we say, because, you know, as an example, there are, there are a lot of folks in our community now who say that you shouldn't, you know, even consume a crystal of salt or sugar, and of course, you know, you can you can use a little salt and sugar in your food, and over the course of the day, when you take into account everything you eat, you can still keep your sodium consumption down to about 1,500 milligrams a day, you know, you know, and you can keep your, your sugar consumption at very low levels, but it's kind of extreme to say don't ever use any of that, because if, if you don't, it's very hard to create flavor that will pull people in. Um, and, and then you have some of these, these products that are more processed, you know, I don't, I don't eat those things, but, you know, it's okay because I remember when I walked into the vegan diet myself, you know, I had some of those things and it, it was a stepping stone for me and for, for my family. And we kind of walked through that into the whole food plant-based and you have to let people take that journey. You have to let them take whatever journey they want to take. You know, if we, again, if we, if we kind of get on our high horse and we're we're talking down to people and judging people. And I see a lot of this on the social media. It's really upsetting. We're going to turn people off. And, you know, the thing is, once people get on the path, once they get on the path, they themselves, of their own volition, they start moving in a healthier direction. And so we just need to let them step on the path. I think that's what's so magical about it. Because in all the years I have been around this, I, I have very rarely seen anyone change their diet for their health who didn't open up to some of the ethical and environmental aspects. And I have never seen anyone who came into it just for those reasons who didn't start to improve their health. So it's just a beautiful, beautiful full circle. It so is. in our last minute of uh, uh, final um, idea <laughs> that you want to get across, Yes, I'll just play off of what you just said, Victoria. You know, we also have to be careful not to always make this issue about health. You know, um, that's why many people come to this, but we need to also make the other connections. You know, for me, the ethics of eating this way have become very important. You know, what we do to animals uh, is very important. Uh, we, we have to, if we can't, if we can't show more compassion for animals, then, you know, how can we, you know, it's kind of a measure of our compassion. And, 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 and you know, we have to treat all life with love and respect. We have to be thinking about the environment. We have to be thinking about these communities of people who are suffering disproportionately. Um, so it's all of that. It is indeed. And that's our music that says we have to stop. We're going to continue with one of your people. So everybody stay with us. After the break, there'll be more. Thanks. Yep. 
Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Hello, lovely listeners, and thank you for being with us today as we celebrate plant pure communities and uh, the move toward a plant pure nation. If you're a new listener or haven't been to my website in a while, I do invite you to stop in at MainStreetVegan.net where you can see everything that we're up to. There's a wonderful blog post this week about just making the switch, making the switch to this wonderful way of eating that Nelson was talking about and doing it in the real world on your own time. I also want to alert you to something that is coming up on the Vernal Equinox on May 20th, which if you're a longtime vegetarian or vegan, you I don't mean May 20th, March 20th, March 20th, that's the third month of the year, 20th day. Uh, you also know that March 20th is meat out and has been for, I think, 36 years. So the way that uh, some of my colleagues uh, are going to be celebrating is with a fabulous and we hope historic day in which yoga goes vegan. So if you are someone who does yoga and you are vegan or you're thinking about being vegan or you wonder what does that have to do with yoga, then do check out this event. It is called Yoga Goes Vegan. You can find it uh, on Facebook. Uh, it, there's a, a Facebook um, event. And also uh, look on the website of Integral Yoga Institute, NYC. Or you could go to MainStreetVegan.net and just click on events. Or um, check out our show notes at MainStreetVegan.net and uh, we'll give you the link for uh, Yoga Goes Vegan. Hope you can be part of that. It is now my pleasure to introduce uh, my next guest, who's a continuation of what we were talking about with Nelson. He mentioned these plant pure communities, these pods all around the country, local groups. Well, Leanna Levine Reisner took hold of the one in New York City and has turned it into a force of nature because that's really what she is herself. Leanna launched Plant Powered Metro New York early in 2019, 
with her colleagues after personally experiencing the power of a healthy vegan diet, reversing endometriosis and achieving other health goals she didn't know were possible through food. She was inspired by the work of Dr. T. Colin Campbell and other researchers and clinicians who made a compelling case for plant-powered food as medicine. Leanna is a graduate of Main Street Vegan Academy and holds a certificate in plant-based nutrition from the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition Studies and E. Cornell. She lives on the Upper West Side of Manhattan with her husband and three children. Welcome, Leanna. Great to be here, Victoria. Oh, so happy to have you. So you're so busy. It's absolutely dazzling to me every time I turn around plant-powered metro new york has a new initiative so tell us what you guys are about and what's going on now absolutely so i definitely was inspired by nelson campbell himself by the plant pure nation film and by his father's writings i mean it's just so compelling what you can learn from science that has been hidden and when i caught hold of all this information it was really only three and a half years ago I said, wow, this is a game changer. This is something that completely has shifted my perspective on life, on food, on health, on my body. Um, and I, I really wanted to do something about it. So when I took charge, I took on a, a volunteer leadership position of the Manhattan Pod that was part of the Plant Your Communities Network, um, I got to know a lot of people in the field who were part of this movement working in different boroughs and even in other counties. And it was really transformative for me to meet with these folks and recognize that many people have stories and many people have leadership to share in many different ways. And how could we possibly bring all of this together so that we could perhaps uh, achieve our goals in a bigger way uh, with more people involved and do more transformative change work on the local level so that we could um, really make a statement and show some credibility for what plant-based nutrition is all about. So with Plant Power Metro New York, the whole idea here is that we're actually um, sort of building further leadership in the community. Uh, we've got more folks on board than we did at the very beginning, um, people who come from many different walks of life, and that's sort of speaking to the democratization of the movement that Nelson was talking about, uh, because everybody, regardless of skin color, language, ethnicity, um, profession, age, does get benefit by eating a healthy plant-based diet. And we are often approached by people in the community who want to be a part of our work. And we have a way of sort of plugging people into volunteer roles and having them uh, be ambassadors in their own right, teaching in their own ways, sharing their stories, because the personal narrative is so important in, in the, the outreach. So that's sort of the basic idea of what Plant Powered Metro New York is all about. And then you know, what, what we end up achieving is connections with local organizations where we're able to provide education and support to communities who, um, you know, really get inspired by our message and want to know what it feels like to go and embrace a plant-based lifestyle. Uh, what does it feel like to overcome chronic illness? So we bring different educational tools and programs to those communities, and obviously it looks pretty different these days with uh, virtual programming, but we're having a lot of fun meeting people and, um, and making an impact with people from many walks of life. And you have something starting just this week, the Jumpstart. What's that about? That's right. So, so sort of 
fashioned off of the plant pure jumpstarts that were featured in Nelson's film. Um, they have a whole uh, model of, of how to build a jumpstart in the local community, and we uh, built off of that and created a, a program that we thought could be engaging locally. We've been doing these for three years now um, with a number of different partners, and the one that we're starting tomorrow, it's um, really exciting because it's in honor of Black History Month and in recognition of the importance of having more black leadership in the field and, and addressing health disparities. We're holding a jumpstart for uh, community leaders from Brooklyn who identify as black, and we have got a group of more than 30 people who are going to be involved. Uh, seven educational sessions hosted over four weeks. Um, it's, they're committing to three weeks of plant-based nutrition, um, you know, making it their own for, for three full weeks and seeing what happens. So we have diabetics in the program. We have people with hypothyroidism in the program. We have people with uh, weight issues who really want to see a change. Um, and we have people who might feel otherwise healthy but know that they've got risk in their family. And we're going to walk them on this path with a lot of love and support and um, education, giving them a mentor, giving them even some food to, to take home, pantry supplies and, um, and produce. And at the end of the three weeks, you know, we'll have um, – what we often find in these jumpstarts is that people just feel so good. They're so excited that they just want to tell the world and they want to do more. And it's the effect of sort of going all in. Some of the plant-based leaders in the field have talked about, you know, well, you could gradually take a step toward eating a healthier diet and it would be fine. Uh, but for those who um, who do go all in very quickly through this jumpstart kind of program, um, the change that they see is so so transformative that it really uh, launches them into uh, lifelong health. And one other thing I wanted to say about the Jumpstart Victoria, which was actually influenced by you, uh, is that we've we have been teaching at the end of the program about not just nutrition but also the impact of animal agriculture on um, on the environment, on the animals themselves, on global hunger, on laborers, and we give them a lot more knowledge about what it means to live a vegan lifestyle in addition to a plant-based lifestyle because so many of those things really do motivate people to go beyond mm -hmm. what they might do selfishly for themselves. Oh, I'm so glad you're doing that because I know as someone who just had a horrible time, you know, not eating things that were terrible for me that, but that sang to me that knowing that there was somebody else involved of the animals as well as my own health, it made a big difference. Uh, when I couldn't do it on my own, I could sometimes do it for them. So right. when you do one of these jump starts, and I know you've, you've done a lot of them with different uh, communities, what are the problems that people have? I know it seems like, oh, it's all wonderful, and then they're plant-based forever. But do people ever come to you and say, you know, I, I just couldn't make it because? Sure, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think everybody gives it their best shot for the three weeks. And then, yes, life returns to normal. And the question is, do they have all the support going forward? Sometimes it's food addiction or um Often what I'm finding is folks who live alone who may not have a support system built into their home environment are um, finding more difficulty in sticking with it uh, because it really 
um, it takes a village to get there, and that's why we're trying to build that community on the local level. And sometimes just, you know, being alone makes it much more challenging. So mm. that's one thing. Um, another is people who they live with who who might be eating differently and and perhaps being antagonistic as well. That's sometimes uh, a bigger issue. Um, it, it might be okay for somebody for a while to make their own food separate from what they prepare or see others eating, but day after day after day when it's in your face, it, it can be challenging. Um, but I, I think what's great, though, is that even though people may slip and go back to eating certain animal foods or certain processed foods, they've definitely shifted where they started from. And they have the understanding, they have the, the recognition that they can do it. And that's, to me, what's so motivating. So our job as an organization and as believers and people who, who love others and want to see health happen in a big way, uh, our job is not to say you must do this because your life depends on it. It's to say, let's go on this journey together and we'll support you on the way. So uh, yeah. trying to bring positivity into the movement because, as Nelson was saying, we can't come at this from a place of judgment. It really does require us to be compassionate in how we approach our relationships. Oh, that's beautiful. And you, like Nelson and everybody that I know who's involved in this, are so democratic and so open to sharing this with everybody. And one group that you work with is older adults in, in NYC. What's that about? Sure. We've been doing some programming with the senior serving agency, JASA, uh, which has a large network of senior centers and uh, naturally occurring retirement communities called NORC. And we've had the privilege of uh, bringing them actually the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine's Food for Life programs. That's something that Dr. Neil Barnard and his organization initiated. And we've been teaching them. Uh, we started off doing programming on diabetes. Now we're doing a program on weight management, healthy aging. We're doing a cancer series. And it's really exciting because this is a community um, that, I mean, they, they touch people from many dem demographics, but uh, many people are on a fixed income and we're finding that, um, you know, there are definitely inroads here. The idea that we might have the stereotype that older people can't change their behaviors is actually, I think, very, um, very false because certainly if somebody's living with a chronic disease and isn't happy with where they are, that's a motivator. Uh, but also, you know, older people love to learn just like younger people do. And the more we learn, the more we see that there are alternatives. And so I think what's happening here is we're, we're finding a lot of excitement within the JASA community, not just among the seniors, but also among their staff, about how important plant-based nutrition can be in improving the quality of life of seniors, um, that they don't have to uh, live a life that is undignified as they age. And so we're hopefully going to grow that quite a lot in the next few years because right now the relationship is wonderful and there's just so much opportunity to make a difference with older people. Oh, that's great. And I, I can say as an older person that I would imagine that had I been eating recently the way I ate long ago and made that change now, I would notice so much more than I noticed when I did it in my early 30s, simply because there would have been time for a lot of this stuff to have caught up with me. I'm sure I would have had some pathologies to reverse. So you've got a new recipe app. Tell us about that. Who doesn't love recipes? 
Of course. So uh, we are privileged at Plant Power Metro New York to have some fantastic volunteers. Pretty much, you know, 95% of the things that we do are volunteer-driven. And um, we just had some volunteers come forward and say, look, we want to get recipes out there more. How do we do this? And we had a conversation and said, well, why don't we create an app that was um, – sort of populated by community members' own recipes. So we put together the bones of it over the last few months and launched it last month. It's called PPMNY In Your Kitchen, Plant Power Metro New York In Your Kitchen, and it's available on our website. It's, not a, it's a non-native app, so it's not in an app store, but you can find a link to access it and get it on your phone in the same way that an app would. Uh, and you'll find recipes from our community members, and we're hoping to add to it over time. And if folks are listening and uh, they want to contribute their own recipes, there are sort of guidelines there for how to contribute, and, and we welcome that. And, and really the whole purpose here is um, people come to us all the time asking, where do I find great recipes that are wholesome, that you know, don't have all the additives that you find in so many of the recipe blogs? And now we can say, here, look here, we've made it for you. So we're really excited about this. And to me, the recipe app is more than just the, the tool, the value in, for what we've created for the community. It's also a sign of what volunteer leadership can do when, when given the, the tools of empowerment. Oh, that's going to be so great. I have to download that like right now because I love recipes from actual people. And I like recipes from chefs and going online and these wonderful bloggers and they're all so, you know, beautiful and artistic. But I find that when recipes come from regular people, they're so much less likely to say that that you have to use some spice like asafoetida that you've never heard of or that you need to <laughs> slice something on a mandolin. I mean, I thought that was a stringed instrument. So this is this is going to be great. Real recipes that work in the real world. So you've done something very cool here in New York City, I think, just watching your incredible growth in a, a relatively short time. You have found so many plant-based doctors in this city. So how many are there? How did you find them? And how can people in other places find plant-based doctors where they are? That's such a great question. And we get that all, we get this question all the time, actually, because we are in effect creating a market for people who want to find doctors who are aware of nutrition and using it in their practices. Um, I'll say that some of the, the groundwork was laid by one of our colleagues, Rachel Atchison, who has worked in local government, who um, started to, hit the pavement even before I was involved and met a number of uh, wonderful um, plant-based physicians and nurses and dietitians. And after she began to build that community, I, I met more and brought more in. And I, I would say, I mean, we, we have a few hundred in the community. I, I don't have a number on it. But there are people essentially at every single major New York City institution, New York area, healthcare institution, people in private practice, um, Sometimes the best way to find these folks, um, you know, if, if anybody's looking for a practitioner, is to look on the national website, the plant-based docs, uh, and PCRM has a, um, has a website as well. Um, but we have uh, some connections here, so if anybody is looking for a particular type of specialist, they can always reach out to us and we can give them some ideas for where to get started. Uh, we are um, hosting a lot of our own webinars and trying to engage people in our movement through uh, online education now and a number of our, our YouTube programs. Um, 
that we've recorded have featured uh, our local plant-based practitioners. Um, so you never know who you're going to hear from next. It might be your next doctor or dietitian. Wow, that's terrific. So, Leanna, in addition to being out there in the world, saving people's lives and the planet, you are a mom, and you're you're raising a family. You're you're, I mean, that's enough. I mean, <laughs> how do yes. you do it all? I was asking Nelson where he got his energy, and he was so sweet at the beginning. He said, "Well, sometimes I don't have it," and I think that's true for all of us. Sometimes we just have to say. Give me a day off, lest the sky fall. But just tell us about your life and how you navigate. Thank you, Victoria. This, it's, it's a serious question. I, the truth is I've always been a go-getter and a juggler. And so, and I feel very inspired and, and, and just energized by the work that I'm doing. So I try to cram as much as I can into the workday. Um, even with my kids at home, my kids have been home now two weeks in a row. Um, uh, I know some people, their kids have been home for many, many months. Uh, we've had the privilege of having our schools open. But um, what I've been doing in my life is just trying to create their priorities for myself and to get my family engaged and excited about it along with me. And they are. My 10-year-old daughter, is um, she wants to be a chef. She makes her own tofu scramble now, which is fantastic. And she has dreamed up her own um, cafe concept and has written her own plant-powered story, which I asked her to do, obviously, but she was very excited about doing it. Uh, shortly after my seven-year-old son wanted to do the same, but he's like, well, what if I do like a Q&A instead of my story? Because I would rather answer people's questions than write about myself. <laughs> so um, we're, we're having fun as a family, making a plant-based lifestyle part of our identity, um, and yet, you know, making things happen in the world and and balancing the family is is a struggle. I stay up late at night these days, especially during the pandemic when our safety net is much um, looser than it ever has been. And, you know, just try to be as responsive as I can to to the needs of our community while uh, making sure healthy food's on the table for the kids and they have something wholesome to do in the meantime. Um, and gratefully, you know, with my husband working at home now, it's a little bit easier to be able to do that. Um, but Life's tough, I will admit. I'm, I may talk rosy right now, but it's really not an easy task to juggle both of these aspirations, to be a good parent and to, be, um, to, to make a change in the community the way I want to achieve. Well, I will always remember when you came to Main Street Vegan Academy pre-pandemic when all of the classes were in person and you had a nursing baby. So your husband would meet you at points during the day or when we would go out for lunch, your husband would be there with the baby. And I remember you nursing at the Ayurveda Cafe as we were on That's our right. field trip. And I thought, this woman's amazing. She is going to make such a difference in the world. And lo and behold, you are. Thank you. So, so tell me about extended family. Are your in-laws on board or are family friends, you know, saying, oh, what a wonderful thing you're doing, or maybe this isn't so hot? Great question. Um, I will say folks are excited by the, the idea of what I'm working on, but 
I haven't built as much traction as I would hope, uh, which I believe is true for almost all of my colleagues, that there, we all have family members who um, say, oh, it's nice that you found something good for you. I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing. Um, my parents are very supportive, though, and they eat a primarily plant-based diet, and, and they've always been very whole food oriented since I was a kid. So that's not even an issue. But certainly I have family members who have um, difficult chronic diseases, and I would love for for what I'm teaching to be a part of their lives. But, you know, people are at different stages of readiness, and being okay with that is part of part of what it means to practice leadership, too, to be the model that we want to be without being overbearing. So I feel... Um, I feel excited that what my work is accomplishing on the local level, um, it's, you know, it's starting to be recognized and starting to um, have significant partnerships. And, um, and I think that all of that helps people turn their heads a bit more to what we're doing because it is um, the, the more recognition comes from other folks, the more my own circle will be able to say yes. Definitely want that, but I feel like my 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 family, my new family, um, that's part of the plant powered movement. All of the incredible volunteers who are part of our team. We have you know dozens of people involved, whether they're advisory board members or volunteers working on the ground or board members. Um, we have such of a family spirit within the organization, and that definitely fuels me to keep going. So tell us where people can find you, Leanna. Sure. So our website is plantpoweredmetrony.org. Uh, shorthand is ppmny.org. And we've got an Instagram channel. We've got a Facebook group in English and in Spanish where we'd love to connect with folks and share ideas. And um, I'm always happy to speak with people on the side. You can find me at liana at ppmny.org. Wonderful. And what's for dinner tonight? Oh, great question. <laughs> I'm probably going to cut up some sweet potatoes and make some baked uh, fries, which, you know, I just cut them very simply for the kids. Don't put anything on them. Pop them in the oven, and they're perfect, and the kids eat them. Uh, we've got a red lentil stew left over in the fridge because my go-to since the beginning of the pandemic has been probably like a twice-weekly Instant Pot with all the vegetables that I wouldn't know what to do with otherwise. And we've got a smoothie in the fridge and a ton of greens, so who knows, maybe there's a salad with my tahini dressing in my future tonight. <laughs> well, if we weren't having a pandemic, uh, William and I would come over and join you, and who knows, we might just pull out sleeping bags and let your daughter make us tofu scramble in the morning. So right, that would be so fun. <laughs> wouldn't that be fun? I keep thinking about all the things that we're going to do whenever we can. Like, yeah. oh my goodness, I'm going to ride a subway. So it's um, funny. My my toddler has been saying, "I want to ride the subway," and I'm like, "Oh, I've only <laughs> we'll get there." Well, one of these days, there's so much to look forward to. Thank you so very much for, for all that you, you do. And, and thanks to Nelson Campbell, who started it all. Thanks to Unity Online Radio for hosting the Main Street Vegan program for, oh my goodness, we're up in the 400s of episodes. And thanks most of all to you for listening. God bless. Eat your veggies.
Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.